Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hour number one of the Get Right. We're Reg and KG on 105. Three the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. What's happening? Larry D. Flores holding down for you here on your Turn It On, Leave It On station. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app, the truckwreck.com text line. 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053. If you want to get in on the conversation with you for the next four hours here, got a lot to get to on this Thursday night. Appreciate you joining us. However, and wherever you may be listening to us, twitch.tv slash and on YouTube as well at 105.3 The Fan on YouTube. Make sure you hit the subscribe button while you are there. At 8 o'clock tonight, Jay Cornegie the Vice President of Race and Sportsbook Operations for the Sportsbook. Going to be joining us at 8 o'clock, talking all things Vegas with the Vegas Golden Knights, taking on your Dallas Stars in the Western Conference Final beginning tomorrow as the Stars look to get back to the Stanley Cup Final. And at 9 o'clock tonight, a little Dallas Wings conversation. Yeah, head coach Latricia Trammell. I'm not going to ignore the fact that you passed it off because you're afraid of her name. Uh, will yep. join us right You didn't here. have to say the quiet part out loud, but thank you. Do you Appreciate know that. me? Appreciate that. Thank <laughs> Why you. Why would I not say that? But Trying no. to keep that business under wraps, but nope, not tonight. Why would I do that? Appreciate that. Yeah, um, but no, we're going to have uh, Coach Trammell on talk about the start of the season, start of the W season, mm-hmm. which is on Saturday. Um, for the Wings, her first year as a head coach with these Dallas Wings. So really excited to kind of get a feel for what's happening with the organization, with the team as they head into the start of their season. Of course, Wings coming off a playoff appearance last year at 18 and 18, lost to the uh, Connecticut Sun, who eventually went on to the WNBA final. See, that's the only reason. That's the only reason they didn't win the championship. They just got beat by the eventual champions. <laughs> or the team that went to the, the NBA or the WNBA championship. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Because right. Vegas, you know, went out there and, you know, yeah. handled business. Mm-hmm. They're going to be without uh, Becky Hammond for the first couple games because she was like, got suspended. There's a lot of drama. There's, there's a lot drama. going on. A lot of drama going on there. Uh, speaking of drama, the way we kick off our conversations tonight. Did they get Wemby? Did the Mavs get Wemby? Uh, no, oh. but for the third time, the Spurs get a generational big man, or they will get a generational big man. Tall man. Tall man. It's, he's he's not a big man. Slim, slim man. He's got a lot of game, though. Wemby got a lot of game. Yes, we don't have to litigate that. Yeah, though. we don't have to. He's got a lot of it. But the Mavericks. There'll be plenty of time to lament the fact that the Spurs are getting another one of these. Another one. <laughs> another one, DJ Khaled. Another one. But the Mavericks, they did avoid the drama because they kept the number 10 overall pick. In fact, they kept the exact pick that they needed to in order to remain in the top 10. Number 10. Yeah, and I mean, to be fair, 
when we talk about the percentages on this, that was the far and away likelihood of this. I think it was something like 60% of the possibility was that they stayed right there at 10. So, yeah, yeah when you... No, 79.8% that they stayed at 10. The 20.2%. Yeah, trust me, I was all over this. Uh, yeah. Well, 70.2% that they had a top 10 pick. Yeah, it was almost 80%. But, like, it was 60 of that 79% was right there at 10. <laughs> That's right. Not 7, yeah, yeah, not exactly. 5, yeah, right. not 2, exactly. right there at 10. So, this is, this is the likely option. Yes. This is the one that we should have You're been. not going anywhere other than 10. That's right. And I'm, I want to start with this question, KG. Okay. Are you happy about this? Because, like, again, you talk this a lot. That, um, you know, you convey this pick would mean that you opened up some picks. Right now, because of the situations, right, you cannot trade back you, picks in back-to-back years. You've traded that, what, 29 pick? Your 2024 pick is available to you, in addition to, obviously, this 10 pick on draft, you know, being able to trade that. Mm-hmm. Are you happy about the fact that they did not go ahead and convey this to the Knicks, and now they have this pick available to move? Yes. Okay, upward inflection. Um... No, this is part of what has to be done in order to overhaul your roster right now. And you need as many available assets to be able to do that. And if you did not have a top 10 pick in this year's NBA draft, you would not really be able to do that given your circumstances right now. Because this team is not expected to bring back Christian Wood. Dwight Powell's an unrestricted free agent. Maxi Kleba's, you know, contract extension is going to be kicking in at the beginning of this upcoming season. Luke is already on his rookie max. Reggie Bullock's contract gets partially guaranteed in June. Like, you've got a lot of moving parts here that you've got to figure out a way to turn into a veteran player to help you win now if you're going to remain in win-now mode. The irony of all this is mm-hmm. the two foundational pieces that they have that – outside of Tim Hardaway Jr. could be looked at as your quote-unquote best assets. Did, are, you, did you say that Tim Hardaway Jr. is a foundational piece? No. Okay, because you said outside of. Okay. In terms of your assets. Got you, got you, got you. Tim I'm Hardaway is descending contract. So I just need to figure out where you were talking about. Yeah, bad, yeah, yeah, bad, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I got you. Um, or Jaden Hardy and Josh Green. Oh, by the way, you drafted those two guys. So it's really kind of a weird spot to be in that what has helped you kind of get to a position where you can have some things to maybe move and shake with are things that normal teams are able to do through the course of years, which is building through the draft, getting players on rookie contracts, and hoping that they turn into the kinds of players that will allow you to have sustained success uh, for years to come. The Mavericks simply are not in that position because they've got a 24-year-old superstar who's a four-time All-NBA first-team selection who wants to win now. Yeah, you said all that, and the part that means the most is he is already on his second deal and the clock is ticking, right? Yes. So the idea that you have these young these young cats, you mentioned uh, Josh Green, Jaden Hardy, it has taken the time that it has, three years for one, two years for the other, for them now to be guys that you go, okay, those are rotational pieces on probably a good team. Can you afford to do that level of waiting with whoever you get at 10? Understanding that this is a pretty deep draft, right? Like this is this is a pretty deep draft. You start talking about guys at seven, eight, or nine that are like, oh man, you can put that dude in a in a team and see if maybe they can contribute early on. Tough part about that is like contribute to what level, right? And how much are you asking? Because can we take stock of what you need as a Mavericks team? I think you were talking about this with Grant Avseth, um in another on another medium, but like you need defensive, you need a defensive anchor, so you need something in the paint. JaVale McGee uh, gamble did not did not hit right you need defensive wings you need shooting 
right? Like you need, you probably need somebody as a big that will also like operate in the pick and roll or just give you some level of presence in the paint. Like you need a few things. And I don't know that you're going to be able to answer all of those things. Nor is it fair to ask, you know, one pick to answer all those things. But you've got a lot of things that you need to do. And with the timeline, it feels like drafting one of these players, which, again, admittedly, you're probably going to have some interesting players available to you at 10. But I simply don't think that for what you need, for your purposes, drafting a pick does not feel like um, the best use of this particular asset. It seems like you need to use this to either get off of some money, which would be really heartbreaking, but or to uh, try and acquire some veteran talent to help you build to where you need to be. Because this is a timeline-based decision with this number 10 overall pick. And what I mean is you don't necessarily have the time to wait for a number 10 overall pick, no matter how good he is, to develop to be a point of a uh, to get you to a point of contribution that allows you to do the kind of winning that you're expected to do with the superstar that you have. It may be best for them to flip this pick to get more win now help to be able to shorten that timeline to at least give your superstar confidence that you're moving in the right direction because this is about the only amount of step back that you should ever do if you're the Dallas Mavericks and this franchise after what happened this year. You took a step back defensively by going to get Kyrie Irving because you wanted to increase your eventual ceiling on offense with Luke and Kyrie together. You were able to tank just enough to keep your number 10 overall pick to at least give you some kind of asset to move to get you some win-now help. You've got to be able to flip that into something that's going to help you, not just in the immediate, but also give more confidence for Luka Doncic that this is the place where he wants to ultimately remain because there is a healthy fear, as we have heard reported, about what after 2024 could look like. Because it's funny, somebody I'd seen, it was either on Twitter or YouTube or something like that. Oh, okay, I thought you were going to drop some some sources that you had. You know, I was talking to somebody, you know. <laughs> There'll be plenty of that this summer, trust me. Oh, okay, wow. He's calling his shot. Um, wow. You don't have to call it when you know it. But at the same time. I like this. Um, He's a little sassy <laughs> today. I see you. He got a collared shirt on and everything. Put some sass on. I oh, see okay. you, KG. Go the, ahead. The, the collared shirt is what got you there? That's what got you there? No, but I felt like it added a little pizzazz. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's Mm -hmm. cute. Appreciate that. So somebody had jumped in and it's like, I think it's on Twitter or YouTube, something. The idea was like, look, what's going to happen here if Luka Doncic, is he really going to ask out at the age of 25 years old? Is he going to have the audacity to actually have that thought? Well, I mean, he did just complete his fifth season in the NBA. He's been a rookie of the year, as I mentioned already, first a four-time first-team All-NBA selection. And as you mentioned, he's on his rookie max extension already. We are in a window where a player going into his six seasons can start looking at the bigger picture and figuring out whether or not Damian Lillard, a team is going to build around him for his future. That shot was unnecessary. Because the, the Portland Trailblazers deserve that. Quick aside, I need them to go to blow that thing up. For the good of them. Didn't they just get like the third overall pick? Something like that? Which is why they need to blow it up. Because you are not going to be in a position, hopefully. Brandon in- Miller could play with them. What? And think they're going to win now in the West? No. That's anyway. I had to get that off real quick. But that's where the Mavericks are. Mm-hmm. Can you flip enough? Davis Breton's contract, got to go. Yeah, open up what, 17 mil for you? 17, 18 mil, got to go. Tim Hardaway Jr. got a nice descending contract. Who wants it? Maybe pair that with the number 10 pick and find a way to get some help. But you've got to do something because the timeline, as you said, is ticking for Luka Doncic 
for him to continue to have confidence in this franchise. Now, the tough thing about this, because we, I think we're both the 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 get right uh, state show platform here is trade the pit, right? The problem is you need two to tango in all situations. Sure. So you need you would need to find a team that is willing to give you the uh, the adequate value that you want, or you know the proper players that fit what you need. If that's not the case, and they go the other way of let's draft a player, are there players that that call to you here? Because um, I'm going to kind of draft from Bleach Reports' okay. most recent mock draft, where they have mocked uh, Kansas small forward Grady Dick to the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, and that is a guy that absolutely has shot making. And you know can play, do a little bit of ball handling if necessary, and seems very on brand. Fair, uh, no, no refuting that one. Uh, <laughs> but no, he he has a level of play. He has the size to play as a wing, which is something you desperately need. That's a player. In addition to that, around that that area, Anthony Black is a name that's come up a lot. He's a guard, which kind of then falls into that area where we're talking about Luca and Kyrie if yeah. you're able to do what the organization hopes. Or also, you could talk about the idea of someone like a Taylor Hendricks, which I saw on the truckwreck.com text line earlier, who is a power forward uh, or a big man, I guess, if you want to just be a little more nebulous, from Central Florida, who is said to have a high floor and high ceiling, right? And, you know, has an ability to kind of close out, or rather ability to drive past close out, ability to shoot a little bit, which is something that's nice, a, a, a big that has a little bit of stretch to him. Any of those names kind of hit you and make you think, oh, I, I am interested in that, even if it's like maybe a one or possibly two year development curve for him to be a full, uh, full, fully integrated to team. So I'll give you two. The one that's probably the most unrealistic and the other one much more realistic, given where the Mavericks are drafting. Uh, the most unrealistic one for me, because I don't think he'll fall to 10. Uh, Cam Whitmore from Villanova um, is a, a forward that can shoot. Yeah. Can defend. Yep. Got three and D qualities. I like Cam Whitmore. And plus, Villanova dudes are ready to play today. Hello, Jalen Brunson. Hello, Mikael Bridges. One of the last, you know, one of the last classes that will have gotten full tutelage from Jay Wright. Exactly. Yeah. Uh the other one. Although he was a freshman, so he didn't play under Jay Wright. Yeah. The other one that is more realistic for me that could be there at 10 is Taylor Hendricks. Out of University of Central Florida. 6'9. Mm-hmm. Another guy that with three and D qualities can shoot a little bit from three. Yeah. That would be the more realistic one for me because you need, what do you need? You need size in the middle. Yes. And you need guys that can defend on the wing and shoot. Now, at 6'9, the tough part about it is if you bring him in here and you're like, hey, man, you're a big now, the big, then you end up being small again. Well, but I wouldn't if you ask you to bring him that. in yeah. and have him play kind of like a four. Mm hmm. Um, that. That helps kind of replace what you lost when you had to trade uh, Dorian Finney-Smith. Give you an opportunity to have, and I, I don't want to make a one-to-one comparison on those guys, mind you, but give you a guy who could play the four, who can maybe size up a little bit and possibly even size down a little bit when you need um, you know, need to go small and things of that nature. So I, 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 I'm interested in that. And yes, I hear you from the 817. If they can't defend, I don't want to hear their names. And I think some of that is the issue. You find yourself as a Mavs trying to fill a very big hole with all sorts of different, you know, jagged edges. And 10 is a tricky spot for them in this draft. You cannot you cannot fill that with this singular pick. That's mm-hmm. one of the issues with this, is that one of the reasons why you need to make trades, you need to be able to look elsewhere and be creative. This is a very creative hole that you've gotten yourself into, and it's going to take even more creative creativity to get out of it. So it's going to be really unfair to 
you know, pick one of these players and go, all right, well, we need you to play defense. We need you to shoot. We need you to be able to guard all these other guys. We need you. Like, there's too many things to fix on this roster to think that this 10 pick is going to do all of them. Which I, this is why I believe the best route to go is to find a win now player and try to flip the asset into something that can give you some of those things while still being having, while still having some other things to be able to utilize and maybe go get you, you know, a big man that can help solve things in the middle a little bit. Because right now you're you're asking a lot of just this one particular thing to try and help fix what are a lot of woes on this Mavericks team, whether it be defensively uh, or on the offensive end as well. From eight one seven, Taylor Hendricks has gone by seven. Book. Yeah. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if Hendricks is gone by then, which is why you know that seven to ten range is about where you are. But as I mentioned real quick, ten is tricky because you're at a spot where. A lot of the guys, like a Brandon Miller, you know, obviously with... It's a little bit of a cliff. Yeah. Right? Like, the NBA draft is not like the NFL draft. The NBA draft, you will find a pretty hard cliff most of the time where you go, these are the elite players in the in this draft. Then these are, like, the very good players in this draft. Now we're talking about other folks. And we'll talk about, like, the first four, I guess, in this it's, draft. Draft starts at four for me because it's Wimby, Scoot Henderson. Maybe because there's some things happening with... Um, who is it they got to? Brandon. Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah. The idea of having a point guard, you know, also drafted with uh, LaMelo Ball is a question. But one of either Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson at two. The other one at three. And yeah. Then- Although, we got to watch this Brandon Miller thing. I don't know if you saw the report today from Jonathan Cavoni of ESPN. Apparently, he's not meeting well with teams. Yes, I heard that. And he's not in shape either. I Which. didn't hear the in shape thing. Ooh, that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oof, yeah. Oof, oof. Uh, <laughs> from the 214, trade the pick for Vucevic. Mm-mm, uh, mm-mm. I'm going to go back to the homie that said uh, if they can't defend, I don't want to hear their names. I ain't trying to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Vucevic is not. Like, a I great see what you're trying to do, 214. Defender. And that's the tough part. You're yeah. in a place where you are shopping exclusively for open box specials at this yep. point, right? Like, <laughs> you need to get value in ways. That was kind of what you did with Christian Wood. And. You know, I hate to invoke that name because it didn't really go the way you wanted to. Mm-hmm. But like, you are in this place where, in order to be creative, you got to be a little. Look, I have I have been a person who's had to fill out your electron electronic center entertainment center <laughs> on a little bit of a budget. You know what? Give me the TV that might turn off every once in a while, but it's really big and it'll go on. The, the remote still work. No cracks in the TV. We good. Like, yep, I'll yep. use the app. Don't worry, about, don't worry about the remote. I'll use that. Bring, Bring that over on here. over here. Yeah, yep. like I think that's some of the place that you put yourself in. And the ten, the ten pick is going to be one of those things that gives you a little bit more room to negotiate it, but you still got some negotiation to do. It's the get right with Reggie KG right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, the Lakers and the Nuggets get ready for Game Two, and Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat are <laughs> pure menace. Trade for Jimmy. Next on the get right. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I wish that people could like listen to us in the breaks of this show because we just did a whole, what, 16, 17-minute segment talking about the Mavericks and their pick. We just had another five, six-minute discussion about the rest of that and some other things. Well, you know what? The There's probably about three or four people that were somewhat privy to that because you were texting in on the truckwreck.com text yes. line 877-881-1053. And one thing I'm going to try to do always is interact. So yes. we're responding back as much as we can, and that that's part of the conversations that we were having in the break is – you know, folks bringing up the idea of, hey, man, can you possibly get uh, Walker Kessler and uh, and Jordan Clarkson? And the answer is, uh, are you going to lose the trade? Because if not, Danny Ainge is not interested. And he's going to laugh in your face when, um, he, when you ask it for Walker Kessler. The idea of maybe <laughs> trying to get Pascal Siakam and or OG Ananobi, right? Similar situation, right? Like, what was I just saying? The idea of trading is not like the trade value chart. It's more bartering than anything. What do you need that I can offer you for the thing that I need? And the tough part about it is the Mavericks don't have a lot of things that uh, the teams that you were probably going and propositioning need. In addition to that, the Raptors haven't decided what they are if they are going to sell and break that team apart. Correct. Which is really weird because hey man, y'all didn't y'all didn't look good enough. Y'all probably should have made some changes. But you know, I'm not I'm not the executive <laughs> there. But yeah, no, always inter- interact. You guys make the show better, and hopefully you guys get uh get some of that feel even when we're in breaks. It's the Get Right with Reggie KG on 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, Larry D. Flores holding it down for you here. Yeah, it's interesting because <laughs> they fired Nick Nurse in Toronto, and I think they may make a decision that someone else can get more out of Toronto in that roster that they may hang on to, you know, OG Ananobi and Siakam. Yeah, because Nick Nurse will give you a box and one. <laughs> How about a triangle and two? Um, the one person that is untouchable on that team is Scotty Barnes. He's not going anywhere. Under any circumstances, Dylan Brooks. Um, so that's that's the thing with Toronto. But the current NBA teams that are playing in the Western and Eastern Conference Finals, you got the West tonight, which we'll get to here in just a moment as they get ready to tip off for Game 2 in Denver after Nikola Jokic did everything and then some, despite the fact that Anthony Davis, here's what we keep forgetting about Game 1. Like, Nikola Jokic was so spectacular mm-hmm. that AD went off for 40 in that game. And it's an afterthought. Because of what Nikola Jokic did, I didn't forget it. I've been this this playoffs has been Reggie champions the idea that Anthony Davis is actually the dude that we thought of in 2019 because he's healthy, he's healthy, and he's been healthy throughout the playoffs. There's been instances where he's been healthy and he's not looked like like all. You know what it is? This is the year <laughs> that Anthony Davis put it all together. That's what it is. He has gone full Geno Smith this year, hasn't he? All right, don't do that. He's oh, oh my bad. Oh. Geno Smith was. Come on now. <laughs> uh, that's that's your boy. Um, we'll get to Lakers Nuggets here in a second. But I oh, look, I know for most people around these parts, talking about the Miami Heat in a positive light is not good business. Oh, no, you're gonna get you gonna get us canceled. But damn it, Jimmy Butler and the this version of the Miami Heat hooping, hooping. And the only word I could come up with last night watching the Miami Heat as they beat Boston in Game One of that series. By the way, Larry, I, I DM'd you that uh, that Kevin Harlan audio because we got to get to that here in just a minute. Um, Jimmy Butler is a menace, a complete and utter menace. He looked like the best corner in the NFL last night. Six steals, 
Jason Tatum on three consecutive possessions in the fourth quarter, steal by Jimmy Butler, and then two travels. Because I couldn't figure out for the life of me in the fourth quarter, as Joe Mazzula, you know, loves to keep his timeouts, couldn't figure out a way to get Jason Tatum the basketball. And then when they did, it's like, oh, you're going to just fumble it away every single time that he got it. But to me, this is more about the Miami Heat and what they have done so far in these playoffs as they steal game one on the road, thanks to Jimmy Butler and what was a cast of uh, teammates that helped him. By the way, though, protect Kevin Harlan at all costs because Jimmy Butler hit this three and had all of us going wild. Take a listen. Nothing happened to the Celtics. Adebayo matching his way into Horford. Shot clock at three. Butler with Brogdon on him. It's a long three. And good. Oh, Jimmy freaking Butler puts it in. That's right. Oh, I love the little woo at the end, too. It was clean. Woo. Kevin Harlan's so damn good, man. So good, man. We're like, going to have to have a real conversation at some point down the road. Kevin Harlan's good call versus Mike Breen's bang call because the good call is starting to creep up here. Starting? Okay. On, on GOAT calls, you know, for, you know, a single play. So one day we'll have that conversation, though. Oh, man, you done said a whole bunch of stuff. Okay, let's go backwards, <laughs> right? Uh this is where I need to have a notebook out and actually write down, like, okay, this is something I want to double back to. Um, but you mentioned something that we actually texted about. Uh, during the, You said you, the word that you came up where that you could only think of was the Miami Heat are a menace. You texted me that at 9.29 p.m. <laughs> I did. Last, do you know what the four words that I responded back to you with were? Oh, do I need to look? I need to look. Okay, I, you're actually going to look. While you look it up. Because I, I can't remember off the top of my head. On the YouTube, someone mentioned the idea of Paul George being a sleeper maverick. Buddy, buddy, that's injured guy now. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. That's injured guy now. You texted me back, uh, great effort, complete focus. That is what the Miami Heat are, right? Yes. Like, There's a couple of things that are happening in this. One of the things is that the Boston Celtics... They just refused to put together a full game of concerted effort, right? And sometimes that works. They were terrific in the first half. They're so <laughs> talented. Sometimes if they're playing good defense, they can afford to just like lose the plot on offense from time to time. Or, you know, even if on offense they're they're doing the thing, they'll lose the plot a little bit on defense. But they're so good that they'll make that work. Against the Miami Heat, the Heat culture thing, it's real to this extent that they do not allow themselves to lay lay off, right? Like they do not allow themselves to give less than 100%. Um, and even if they did as an organization, and Pat Riley and Eric Spolcher, Jimmy Butler's not the guy. No. Jimmy Butler <laughs> is the dude out here putting his finger in your chest and calling you soft. Like, he's that level of player. So with that being the case, like, the effort is there and the complete focus is there. Like, this is a team that they understand they are less talented than the Celtics. They are. But if they execute to the highest of their ability – they can give themselves an opportunity to win. And that's the di- distinction that you saw between those two teams. The second half, the Celtics let their like let their foot off the pedal in some ways, right? The idea of, hey, man, Jake Tatum doing really good. You want to give him the ball, right? Like that's some of this, which they did not do in what was that early fourth quarter. Another thing is, one thing you'll notice, uh, the Boston Celtics had a great time driving the basketball, getting downhill and getting to the paint. They typically shoot a lot of threes, in fact. The Miami Heat kind of enticed them to drive downhill, especially because they don't have a lot of size. That was perfectly fine for the Celtics until they stopped doing that. They stopped hitting the button, and it's like, why would you stop doing that? The offense stagnates, and now you have a stretch of time where you are not scoring buckets in the Miami Heat are. You know what's wild about this game? The Celtics won the first quarter, the second quarter, and the fourth quarter. 
Oh, three but, out of four is good. But they were outscored by 21 in the third quarter alone, 46 to 25. Oh, that's not good. That is where the game flipped for the Miami Heat. I know it's a lot of narrative base when it comes to Miami at times because I thought Shaq made a great point last night on Inside oh, the goodness. NBA. All right, don't get me started here. I know, but this one I thought was spot on. The Miami Heat do not change how they play. They play the same way every single night. What I mean is the complete the focus and yes. the effort yes. is the same every single night. And with Jimmy Butler driving this, they are the personification of we want it more than you do mm-hmm. to a man because you can't allow, was it Caleb Martin, Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, and Kyle Lowry all got 15 points last night. It can't happen if you're if you're Boston. Well, can't happen. Boston was not on their P's and Q's defensively. Because this is the thing. The Miami Heat were a paltry three-point shooting team in the regular season. These playoffs, they've been good. They've been good. In fact, in that game, there was a point in time when they were shooting 57.4% from three. That is not a that's, that's absurd. Not, that's not re- reasonable, <laughs> right? Um, and so, and one of the things is if you look at like synergy stats, right? Like the you know you understand what I'm talking mm-hmm. about, here, KG. Um, that pretty much all of their shots were open or very open three pointers. Their three point shots, yeah, they're gonna they're professionals. They're gonna knock those down, and so that's one of the things that the Celtics kind of. Um, we're not on their P's and Q's on. It's like you cannot allow these guys to just have wide open threes, even if you are going to, even if you were going to try and encourage them to shoot. On the idea of oh well, they're not a good three point shooting team, which might be a misnomer because remember last year the Miami Heat were good at shooting threes. Just during the regular season this year, there was for some reason they weren't right. Maybe that was a miscalculation. And like all right, we'll just we think that the playoffs are an anomaly and we'll let them shoot. And if they beat us, they beat us. And then they kind of did. Yeah, they shot 51% from three uh, last night to get the win Very on good. the road. Very good. Against the Boston Celtics. Game two is on Friday night at 730 on TNT. Game two tonight, though, in Denver. Lakers trying to even up their series at a game apiece with Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets after Anthony Davis went off for 40 in game one. But my goodness, Nikola Jokic, the two-time league MVP, 34 21 and 14. You and it's going to sound very dorky because a lot of the Nikola Jokic uh stuff does end up sounding dorky but for good reason. The fascinating part isn't the fact that he's putting up these big numbers. The fascinating part is that he's doing it even more efficiently than he was before. It just gets more <laughs> and more efficient as he goes along. And so I hate, I, I try and do this thing where I, I'm a little bit, I try and do a little bit better about this, but Nikola Jokic is in fact fantastic in that place. But in addition to that, you have Aaron Gordon who allows them to play kind of differently and defensively and offensively. You have Jamal Murray who seemingly knocked down every shot no matter if somebody was in front of him or not. You have Michael Porter Jr. as your third or fourth best player able to just knock down shots open if you need him to. Like, this is a well developed team and not to forget. Kentavious Caldwell Pope, who's a fantastic perimeter defender and shooter, right? Like, this is a well-built team. And one of the things that has been a criticism of Nikola Jokic is, hey, man, you haven't had this postseason success or whatever. They've been injured. Now when you have the full thrust of this team, you see how well-built it is and how how much chemistry they have together. So Jokic being, like, wild efficient only allows all those other cogs around him to flourish, and then you get a team that is just absolutely tough. Incredibly tough to do anything with. In 42 minutes, he went 12 of 17. Jamal Murray in 37 minutes with 12 of 20. He had 31. Catavius Caldwell-Pope went 9 of 17. 
He had 21. All five of the Nuggets starters were in double figures, with Porter Jr. contributing 15, and Aaron Gordon had 12 himself and was a plus 11. The Nuggets were just clicking on all cylinders. Even, look, the numbers that the Lakers put up, because you give them a lot of credit, came back in the fourth quarter, made it a game. Austin Reeves was spectacular in the fourth quarter. Yep. They shot 55% from the field, 46% from three, and 89% from the free throw line. In most games, you're going to win with a 55, 46, and 89 shooting night as a team. Except the other team was just as efficient. Yes. (laughs) And you know what? Give me 70s. Right? Give me seven of these games. And of course, like the team that I think is more capable of, of. you know, doing that again is probably the Nuggets. But the Lakers, like, there's something to be said for the capability of this team, the way that they've rebuilt this team, because mm-hmm. this uh, this team in January would not have been able to do any of this. Um, but also, Darvin Ham, man, shout out to you. like Good it, basketball coach. <laughs> first first time head coach. I had criticisms of him even coming into these playoffs, and he has shown me up, right? Like, he's used his roster very well. He's made adjustments, sometimes a little bit slower than you can expect. But, hey, man, dude's got fired for not making any of them this, this offseason, right? So... <laughs> Um, he's done a fantastic job, but it's going to be this is this is a, a a fitting Western Conference Finals. You've got a lot of star power, you've got a lot of talent, and you've got coaches that seem to be up to the challenge of the tactics of this. Give me more of it. It's the get right with Reggie KG right here on 1053 The Fans. Speaking of the conference finals, stars mm. back in the Western Conference Final, which begins tomorrow. The X Factors that will allow your stars to get a series win against the Golden Knights. Do it next on the Get Right. The X Factors for your Dallas Stars going into the Western Conference Final. It's the Get Right with Reggie KG on 105. Three the fan, Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. Yep. Larry D. Flores holding it down for you here. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. Game two between the Nuggets and the Lakers underway at Ball Arena in Denver. We'll keep you up to date on everything happening in Denver tonight in game two between the Lakers and the Nuggets. Coming up at the top of the hour here on the Get Right, Jay Cornegie, the Vice President of Race and Sportsbook Operations for the Sportsbook, going to be joining us live from Las Vegas as your stars get ready to take on the Vegas Golden Knights game one tomorrow as your stars look to get back to the Stanley Cup final at Kevin Gray Sports, at Reg Atatula, if you want to get at us on Twitter, this coming from ESPN, the conference final X factors for the Stars and the Vegas Golden Knights. A little bit of a rematch, if you remember, because the last time these two teams saw each other in the conference final, it was back in the bubble where the Stars handled business against the Vegas Golden Knights. And oh, by the way, that's right, Peter DeBoer. Knows a little something about the Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, that's right. That's where he just left a season ago to come coach your stars. Now taking on the Golden Knights. Very intriguing matchup, not just with the stars play, but also some of the storylines in this series as well. Yeah, absolutely. Text into the truckwreck.com. Text line 877-881-1053. What do you believe to be the X factor in this Western Conference Finals between your Dallas Stars and the Vegas Knights? Um, again, you mentioned... KG, the ESPN brings us this. Um, shout out to uh, Ryan S. Clark and Kristen Shilton, who gave this, uh, put together a pretty interesting breakdown of the entirety of the series, right? So let's start with the the opponents here, the Vegas Golden Knights. They got here by defeating the Winnipeg Jets, Winnipeg Jets 
in five games, four to one, and defeated the Edmonton Oilers four two. So you know, done a pretty solid job. And of Ooh, course, took out Connor McDavid in the Edmonton Oilers six games. What a game to spare! Woo-hoo! Right, right, right. Like this is a team that is obviously worth contending with, right? Like Western Conference Finals goes without saying. But one thing we know, or at least one thing that I have always held true to um, in my fairly limited knowledge of hockey, is that if you want to have a um, if you want to have a little run in the postseason, who gonna need to play great KG? I mean, your goaltenders have to be. Fantastic. There you go, right? Like your goalie, your goalie is largely going to dictate how you do this. And for the Vegas Golden Knights, the goalie confidence rating is a nine out of ten. And what's funny is the Golden Knights have not necessarily done this with a single or a tandem of goalies, but they've had kind of a a platoon of sorts. Apparently, Aiden Hill had a you know big role in closing out the Oilers, but you've also had uh, rookie Logan Thompson who played a good amount of time in the regular season. He won 21 games, and he had an injury and then was replaced by Laurent, uh, I can't say his name, Boswit. I'm going to just take that guess. I apologize to him if I said that incorrectly. Sorry to that, man. Um, so, yeah, they've had multiple guys between the pipes uh, for them, and they've all fared very well. So, like, the idea of you going to go out here and just really dominate one of them is not necessarily something that, I don't think that you can lean on. They've they've done pretty well between the pipes, which means this is going to be a formidable opponent for the Stars. For me, on the other side, when it comes to the Stars, look, the players who will be key to this series, it starts and ends for me with Rope Hintz because yes. he has been phenomenal in these playoffs. For me, if the Stars win the Cup, he is going to be your Conn Smythe winner, which is the playoff MVP. He's one point away from being the postseason leader in points in the Stanley Cup playoffs. He's been spectacular for the Stars. That's, for me, where it starts. And as I know you got to get more from Jason Robertson. Joe Pavelski, Captain America, has been fantastic yep. and was so in the series against the Seattle Kraken. But for me, it's Rope Hintz. And then our guy in between the pipes, Jake Ottinger. Yes. Up and down series between, you know, against the Kraken, I should say. He's got to be at his absolute best in order to take out the Vegas Golden Knights in this series. And he did it when he needed when you needed it the most. Close out game, 22 saves. Yeah. Right? Like the, Spectacular. He seems to rise to the occasion, and that's not like a new phenomenon. That's kind of something that we've come to understand as his MO is like, hey, man, after a loss, he's going to step it back up, right? You're going to need to do that a little more consistently, I think. But he is given an 8.5 out of 10 in the goal, goal, goalie confidence ranking. I keep wanting to call him goal t- goalkeepers. And that's soccer, right? Like, I'm not trying to bring that energy over here. I understand. We in hockey time, right? <laughs> um, but understanding a little bit more about these Vegas Golden Knights, like, in this, in the same way that we talked about the platoon between the pipes, depth is everything for this team. Like, they just, there's not really a particular line or a particular skater that you're going to look to where you go, yo, that's the one. Like, they just kind of do this with everyone is the understanding that I have. So, this is going to be interesting all the way through. Now, the players, I guess, that were, have, will be key for them, uh, Jack Eichel. Chandler Stevenson are some names that are brought up. Um, this They make this team dangerous. But one of the things that uh, is tough about them is their penalty kill success rate. Ranked 19th in the regular season. They are fallible there, right? Like, they are vulnerable there. And there's one thing that the Stars did well during the regular season. Power plays, right? So that bodes well for your Dallas Stars. Can they attack this team that has been notoriously bad? Or maybe not bad necessarily, but yeah, not not very good. Um, on the penalty kill, if you can take advantage of those instances, you will, the Stars will have a good opportunity. Now, going back over to the Stars, we talked about the goalie. We talked about some of the players 
Um, we didn't mention Miro, who has been very good. He has. And in fact, like not only has it been very good, you've seen the effect when he misses a game, right? Obviously, we'll go back to when he gets hit in the face with the puck and misses a lot of time. The defense just did not look, it looked unsettled. So him having him on the ice, and he's led the playoffs for the team with ice time, like clearly settles things down. So he's going to be very important in this. Um, player who needs to step up, KG, can you take a wild guess who this might be? I mean, Jason Robertson. I mean, that for me is the guy that needs to step up the most for the stars in this series. Yeah, and the funny thing about this, and we've we've had a little bit of an education in, in this as we go, like obviously huge goal scorer Jason Robertson in the regular season when he was not putting up or has not been really putting up a whole bunch of goals. We've been like, yo, man, why is he broken? Why is he not doing the thing? He's averaged about a, uh, a point a game for the playoffs, right? Like that is still, you know, affecting these games. And that's why we probably need to be careful about the way we talk about him. Mm-hmm. However, the idea that he was being the top goal scorer, you kind of need to continue to do that same thing, we'll right? love to see some more of that. Like, uh, there's something to be said for you build your team to operate in a certain way, and you can't really take this part that's supposed to do one thing and have it do something entirely different. We need you to do the thing that you're here for, at yeah. least in my estimation. That so, got us here. <laughs> right, right, right. The idea of the dance with the one who brung you. Yeah. Hey, dog, we need you two-stepping with goals, right? Like, we, we need, we need two you. Two-step with them goals. I yeah, like that. So, yes. like, I think that's something that we're all going to be looking forward to. And we, I think we all have been looking forward to. Of course, it's great that it's not like, yo, there's no goals and nothing else either. Yeah. Getting points is still going to be helping the team move forward. But that very particular way that he can help this team is putting the puck into the net and lighting the lamp. Well, you think about what the Stars did in the first round of the playoffs. 3.5 goals per game. Second round, 3.14 goals per game. They can score on anybody. But here is what I think as as I continue to watch these playoffs and think about the regular season that the Stars have. I mean, and this is not hyperbole. This is, you know, you look at some of the numbers. This is a fact. You're looking at one of the most complete teams in the sport. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a team that was top 10 in goals for yep. and goals against this season. We're talking about a team who had, you know, a Hart Trophy candidate for most of the season in Jason Robertson. We're talking about a team right now that has arguably the best player in these playoffs in Rope Hints. Like, we're watching one of the best teams and one of the most complete teams in the sport. And they have earned their right to be here in this spot. And I think if you're a Stars fan, you can take solace in the fact that everything that they've been through this year, even with Pavelski suffering the concussion and then coming back against the crack and having the spectacular series that they did, they've earned their right to be here. And they they are one of the four best teams in the sport that I believe gives us much more confidence that if Ottinger is right in between, you know, the ears and between the pipes, they can score on anybody and they can defend that gives them a great shot. And oh, by the way, they got a twenty-one, a twenty-year-old out here uh, scoring goals. Yeah, who's been really good for them as well. And Wyatt Johnston. Yeah, man, that speaks <laughs> to the stars. Also, have a good amount of depth, right? And I'm not, I'm not the person who's out here naming you the lines, but like one thing that has been very apparent: whoever's out there, they are, you know, contributing to this all the way down to your last lines that you're running out there, right? So. I mean, the Golden Knights also have depth. That's one of the things that I mentioned here and that's mentioned in this piece for ESPN. It makes it so that this is really interesting, and at least in my estimation, the way this stacks out, especially when we talk about that relatively poor regular season penalty kill rate for the the Vegas Golden Knights, I would have said advantage stars. How do you think ESPN goes with this? What do you think their series prediction is on this series? For the series overall? Yeah. 
I think they picked the Golden Knights in seven. That's exactly where they go. And yeah. I'm like, huh, that feels, that doesn't feel right. And of course, like, I'm not the expert to tell them no, but that feels like it's off. So ESPN, look, maybe we can make this some level of bulletin board material. ESPN say you can't do it. Here, Okay. Lastly, I'll say on this before we go to break, because what I'm interested in is obviously Peter DeBoer knows this team like the back of his hand. Yes. How much differently will the Golden Knights play relative to what they know that the opposing coach knows about them? What tactically can they do differently to throw some different wrinkles that DeBoer may not necessarily be anticipating because he knows this team so well? That, to me, will be a lot of fun to see what kind of adjustments that the Golden Knights can make because the coach on the other side knows them extremely well in that way. I'm excited to see it. For me, you know, take advantage of the power play. Jason Robinson, show up. I think that we can make ESPN look stupid. (laughs) How about that? I hope so because the Stars are looking to get back to the Stanley Cup final like they did in 2020 and hopefully the outcome be much different. Game one tomorrow night, 7.30 in Vegas on ESPN, game one of the West Final between your stars and the Vegas Golden Knights. Remember, the Golden Knights have home ice in this series. It's the Get Right with Reggie KG on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, Jay Cornegy, the VP of Race and Sportsbook Operations for the Superbook, live from Vegas, joins us next on 105.3 The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.